0: Hello, wonderful podcast family. What a privilege and honor to be with you during these challenging and critical times. I am sending you all of my love, support, well wishes through the airwaves to you and your family. This time has caused a crazy influx for me and my life, and I'm doing my best to bring you the best episodes and guests possible. And so if you want to support the show, please share episodes. Please leave a review in iTunes. Consider becoming a patron and go to patreon.com forward slash Matt Belair and that helps immensely. Also, join the Academy. You'll get access to the amazing Soul Compass course with your membership, and the membership is only 33 bucks, and right now you can pay whatever you want. If you wanna join the Academy, just let me know what you can pay. Would love to have you as a member. Just send an email to matt at um, Leave a review and just do whatever you can to get the podcast out there. It helps immensely, and I'm gonna be bringing you a lot of episodes to the best of my ability during these times to help empower you and your family. Um, So the last thing that you can do and it's the most important thing now is to do three kind acts a day. Go out of your way to do it and resist the urge to tell anybody. Be the light in your community. Reach out to friends. Send a kind note. Make people laugh. Think of creative ways to empower your friends, your family, and your community in these times. So thank you so much for being here. I know you're going to enjoy today's episode. So before we dive in, let's come into a powerful state of peace and coherence. Wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing. Take in a deep breath in through your nose and fill every cell, every muscle, and every fiber of your being with joy, connection, empowerment, faith, courage, and ready to take on this incredible episode. Hello and welcome to the Mastermind Body and Spirit Show. We have a very special and important podcast for you today. We have two doctors on to talk about the coronavirus fear prevention and everything that you need to know. So I'm going to be monitoring the Facebook a little bit more than usual Um, So we can get the information to you guys because I know a lot of people are afraid and I've been running around fielding a lot of questions. So I had to get these two incredible guests on because they are much more knowledgeable and have really important information about what's going on. Our first guest, they've both been on the show before. Dr. Edith Ubuntu Chan is a globally recognized holistic Chinese medical doctor, author, speaker and coach based in San Francisco. Her Amazon best-selling book, Super Wellness, is a powerful distillation of her last 15 year of clinical experience and features, a forward by Wim Hof. She's also the mother of two star children and shares openly her family's journey of conscious conception, birth, and child-led homeschooling, unschooling experience. Her journey first began in 2003 after a series of meditation-induced mystical experiences that changed her perception of human possibilities forever. Since then, she has devoted her life to unlocking the secrets of her human potential. Her work integrates together ancient wisdom with modern science, medicine, and spirituality. A graduate of Harvard University, Dr. Edith has been featured on CNN, Yoga Journal, Juicy Living Tour, The Goddess Project documentary, and numerous health and wellness podcasts. Her academic background includes a doctoral degree from five branches university, in endocrinology and neuromuscular medicine, a four-year graduate degree from American College of Traditional Chinese Medicine, and a bachelor's with magna cum laude in applied mathematics from Harvard University. In 2015, Dr. Edith created the first Pranic Festival, a conference exploring the frontiers of human possibilities. Since 2018, her popular podcast, The Dr. E Show, has featured a stunning array of of world-class guests in areas like health and wellness, science and spirituality, quantum biology, and conscious living. She was also an NCAA Division I rower in university, and in her 20s, the San Francisco uh, founded the Triathlon Club and coached its cycling program for nine years. So I wanted to go through the very long, um, the bios, because these two have been a lot. Um, I actually feel nervous for like the first time ever doing a podcast, because I feel like this information is so important, and i kind of seeing the chaos that's going on in my world, and, and so I want to do the long bios, and we'll try and muster through. And so our second guest, Dr. Bear Paul Lando, is a, a founder and formulator for Alpha Vedic, Dr. Baer traveled an eclectic path through uh, athletics and academics in becoming a physician, kinesiologist, functional movement specialist, and master gardener. The Foundation, a three sport high school athlete and recipient of Northern California Football All Star Honors, intercollegiate Division I scholarship football player, acknowledged for maintaining a 4.0 GPA in pre law and pre med undergraduate studies and competitive powerlifting. Graduate studies. MS in, social, in psychology, Utah State University, MICP certification, Stanford Medical School, Oriental Medicine, and Classical Homeopathy, Pacific College of Naturopathic Medicine, Doctor of Chiropractic, Life Chiropr- from the Life Chiropractic College, Kinesiology, uh, Diplomat, body, integrational, s- traditional, body Integration International, there we go, it's just written in a really weird way, it's hard to, I'll get there. Um, So professional, social psychology instructor, Utah State University, paramedic, firefighter um, from Novato Fire Protection District, uh, integrative medicine residential clinic, owner director of integrative medicine and chief clinician, medical specializations, biological terrain medicine, clinical kinesiology, Japanese meridian therapy, endobiogenics, functional movement specialist, craniopathy visceral manipulation, and chiropractic medicine. That's a lot of stuff. Um, Dr. Baer is noted amongst his peers for his innovative clinical strategies and has made himself available over the years for both consulting and professional training to other health professionals. The integration of WAME4 mechanics and largely suppressed aspects of biophysics and microbiology are now his primary focus in creating genuine science-based system of functional medicine, thus avoiding the inherent limitations of present theory-based conventions within institutionalized systems. Uh, All right. So I think that's it. That's all I got here. Um, You guys can go a little bit more, probably one of my worst intros ever, but uh, you know, I'm so glad to have you guys on the show. You're two amazing people. We've done podcasts um, together, each of us, and they were outstanding. And so Maybe I'll just get you guys to share a little bit about your background in uh, medicine, what brought you here today, and uh, we'll get into the coronavirus. We'll talk about the precautions, how to uh, prevent spread, what to do if you are infected to relax, and uh, the information we have and and try to answer some of the questions from the audience. So I guess, Dr. Edith, I'll invite you to speak first.
1: Well, first of all, I'm so honored and um, I'm I feel so blessed through, Matt is such a master connector of the most amazing human beings on the planet right now. You know, I know I'm speaking to the choir, your audience are those amazing next level human pioneers that came to the planet to blanket the earth and blanket humanity with a new kind of light. So it's, I I know we have these seemingly impressive sounding bios, but I know that that probably pales in comparison to a lot of even the audience members out there so i'm just excited to learn together and journey together because i know there's some serious badasses in your community and i feel so deeply honored to be able to participate this way
0: thanks so much bear you want to chime in
2: yeah matt just great to be here again and uh it was so great that you were actually on our podcast so rather than you interviewing me, we got to know your background a little bit. And you've had a very remarkable life. And what you're doing today and what you do every day is uh, getting people from uh, you know, all over the planet together just to share a lot of information. So you're just really doing an invaluable service. And um, Dr. Edith, uh, even though we just had a few minutes uh, pre-chat, I feel like uh, I've already known you for a long time. And and I consider both of you kindred spirits, and it's really an honor to be here with both of you.
0: Likewise. Amazing. Thanks, Bear. Okay, so let's dive in with the basics. You know, some people I've read out there, if you go and you start looking this up, it can be terrifying. There's people, a lot of people panicking. They think it's gonna, you know, affect millions of lives. Can, can either of you share, like, what do we know about the virus now? What are the potential risks? Should people be afraid? Um, and, and also, we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, if you have children, a lot of people who um, have kids are afraid. I have a six-month-old daughter, so that's what freaked me out. I know Edith is a a new mother not the first time but has a young one and so can we give a little bit of general information about the virus and understanding it because there's a lot of information out there I I don't know I can disseminate a little bit Um, some people say it's you know a cold or flu symptoms Uh, other people say it's not a regular cold it's much more vicious and much more aggressive and you need to watch out it's like this really scary boogeyman And, you know, when fear gets in our system, that's really something that uh, suppresses our immune system. And so we're also going to talk about if you are infected, how can we strengthen our immune system? And so I'll give it back to you guys to kind of chime in on that.
1: Bear, would you like to start first?
2: Sure. Why not? Thanks. Um, Well, first off, I'm not a virologist. I'm a clinician. So what I can share with people is uh, my experience and uh, how I work with bodies and then just through observation, um, you know, the assumptions that I've come up with after about 40 years working with people, you know, in the health field, uh, everything from conventional uh, medical circles into in my naturopathic clinic for many years. And um, what we do know about coronavirus, though, is that virologists themselves are in a lot of disagreement. Um, Some of them uh, believe this is the the worst thing ever, and then others who I share more of an opinion with, just because it follows more logic and it seems to be more congruous, um, is that, first off, coronavirus has been around for a while. This is nothing new. And the tests that have been uh, recently developed that they're using now are detecting the um, presence of the coronavirus. Uh, And if uh, some virologists suggest, and I agree, that if the same tests were utilized in prior flu epidemics in in years past, that they would have found uh, the presence of coronavirus as well. Now, a lot of the statistics seem to indicate That this being a version of the flu, uh, you know, it doesn't seem to be affecting people as far as uh, mortality rates proportionally any different than any other kind of flu. And so uh, the takeaways from this is that the test they're using is really, in my opinion, not a valid test as far as uh, being uh, incriminating uh, coronavirus for being responsible regardless of how many people are suffering from this or are succumbing to it completely. Uh, the reports I get are very mixed. One moment I hear that uh, people are, are, you know, dropping over every second, you know, places like Italy and China. And then we get other reports from people we know on the ground there that say, no, it's really not that bad. And they send us videos and they, stand, they say it's business as usual and, and it's blown out of proportion. So uh, my honest assessment is I don't know what's really going on except for in my own backyard. Uh, there's also a lot of disagreement uh, amongst virologists as what a virus actually is. That's a whole different discussion. I have my own assumptions on that based on my own uh, lab assessments and I think I can draw some, some strong evidence to uh, have some alternative views. We'll save that for, an, for another time. Um, but I have had a, a, a fair number of clients. Now, I'm, I'm retired pretty much, and, but I still get a lot of phone calls from around the world and people very you know, upset because they're hearing all the hysteria out there and they, some of them have had uh, lingering, very nasty flus that seem to recur and, and, of course, they hear everything and go into a panic and uh, even though I'm not treating them on site here like I used to, I give recommendations over the phone and they get back to me within a few days and say, Hey, I'm feeling, you know, a lot better. Things are, uh, you know, getting better and I feel better than I have in, in the last couple of weeks. And so it just kind of reinforces uh, my belief that this is something that we want to take seriously because none of us really know what's going on. And I think a lot of the main sources of information you know, uh, you know there's political things going on, and you know everybody has their own belief systems and different experiences. And I don't want to get into any of that, but you know, plain fact is is we don't know. But uh, what I do know also is that panic is not going to help anybody. And I've uh, been in this business a long enough time where I've seen everything from AIDS uh, epidemic proportions of neurological disorders that used to be rare or non-existent. And, um, and you, you know, and you name it heart disease, uh, epidemic rise and uh, cancers of all sorts. And when we treat people uh, with certain um, uh, you know clinical protocols, which is based on treat the body, not the disease, very often, in fact, most often, it has a favorable outcome. I've already had a little bit of experience, as I already mentioned, with people with these flus that are calling in. So I'm my belief system is that we're going to get through this just fine. And the more people learn about the true power they have within themselves, within their own consciousness, that is in uh complete control of their what I call the body the bioterrain because it is an ecological system, uh, then they will be able to just calmly. Uh, manage their own affairs, tend to their own garden, and, and come through this unscathed. Uh, so that's that's you know my preface. And Dr. Edith, I'd love to hear more about what you think.
1: Well, I would I would agree. I'd like for the audience listening to really remember that that doctors are humans too, and the policymakers, everybody on every level, is human and fallible, and we're all doing the best we can given whatever belief systems and trainings we have. But at the end of the day, I think a big lesson learned in this quote unquote pandemic is to understand that everybody has limitations even the so-called experts out there may not be fully aware of the biggest picture and have the perfect information. So always, always, this is not just for this situation, but in all situations, take everything with a grain of salt and listen deeply within yourself to what works for you and what doesn't work for you and let that be your primary guidance system. With all of that said, one of the big things that I think we're all Having to remember now is that we human beings aren't just a bunch of meat suits. That we have a physical body, we have minds, we have emotions, and we have our spirit, and all those levels need to be addressed. And many of us are starting to understand that actually what is creating our physical reality, our physical physiology, is primarily driven by energetics and emotional, spiritual factors. I think I'm probably preaching to the choir in this audience, but it's worth remembering when we see all those scary stats about you know, uh, flattening the curve and physical hygiene. Yes, those are important, but what about your energetic hygiene? What about your spiritual hygiene? And what about flattening the curve of the, the mania that's going on out there? You know, I think we human beings have a social responsibility to keep the energetic hygiene in the field clean, those of us that have been meditating and have those toolkits in, in our tool belt, we have to practice those kind of levels of hygiene right now. And um, flattening the curve of the hysteria, I think each of us that have that, that ability to stay grounded and present amidst the chaos, we have a social responsibility to really step up our A-games on those levels. And, um, totally resonate with what Barrett was saying. Um, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm also not a virologist, but I have not as many decades of experience, a little over 15 years of clinical experience working with mainly two types of patients. The high performing athletes who are seeking the highest level of performance and breaking records and so on. And then the patients with those complex, maybe autoimmune conditions, those complicated conditions that conventional medicine doesn't have a lot of tools for treating. What's nice about these two seeming extreme populations is that thousands of these patients have taught me how small, simple tweaks in one's self-care can make massive results. And that's, how, that's what inspired me to write my book, Super Wellness, because it was kind of like, whoa, we've been duped into thinking that our health and well-being and our immune system has to be so freaking complicated and expensive and scary and you know letting everybody take our power away it turns out that the by far the best bang for the buck self-healing tools that i've seen consistently across thousands of complicated cases are very simple things and the blessing of this this situation we have is a lot of people are sharing information. Because we don't really know the true facts, we can only anchor ourselves in what we know, just like what Dr. Orlando just said, which is, what do we really know? We know, for example, from the Spanish um, flu that the patients that were healing outside with fresh air and sunshine, they're much better than those that were indoors in an enclosed hospital cell. You know, so why wait until we're in the hospital to figure that out? All of us have that power. It's totally free, totally simple to get outside and get fresh air and sunshine every day. We know that fresh air and sunshine is a disinfectant and it just feels good. Listen to your body. Your body has so much wisdom. What feels right for your body? And um, I just somebody just sent me an article about remembering the power of not just sleep, but melatonin production to fight inflammation, for example. These are such simple things that we almost think is too simple to be so powerful. But the fact of the matter is that in my personal clinical experience, I've seen patients with very serious disease states that dramatically reverse their diseases based on these simple lifestyle practices of keeping up breathwork practice. Getting sunshine every day, grounding in nature, getting away from um, harsh EMF fields, um, sleeping in complete darkness. Even if you have insomnia, bathe yourself in that complete darkness at night and avoid any blue lights, especially in the late evening, but just... Bathe yourself in complete darkness to have that melatonin production be activated. There are so many of these simple things that are so hugely empowering, and we take them for granted because they're free. And now, I think the blessing is that because we're on lockdown, many of us, and our businesses are shut down, so a lot of us are worried about, honestly, what where rent is going to come from next month. So people are especially interested in learning these simple best bang for the powerful tools for self-care when before they 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 just thought it doesn't matter i have so many options now we have less options and we're realizing just how potent and powerful these totally simple totally abundantly available nature healing tools just how potent and powerful these things are for us to incorporate back into our lives again
0: well you you both shared such great ideas there and you know I think that if you've watched the podcast before we could really dive deep into some of the more amazing circumstances around this and i just want to kind of touch on some of the basics i think that a lot of people out there right now who are really afraid they might have um they might not have taken care of the body their immune system might be uh, a little bit suspect they you know they might have had a lifestyle where you know it's not the healthiest lifestyle so they're not as strong from the community that i look out there for the people who had a healthy body a healthy lifestyle healthy mind a healthy spiritual living they feel calm they they are they're okay but some of the other people might be like oh it feels like a little bit too late like what do i do i'm i'm afraid of this thing coming in and so You know, we know from some amazing work from uh, Dr. Bruce Lipton, uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza, showing how the mind body influence can help. We know that stress, and maybe you guys can speak on this, but it's the number one cause of disease, correct? Right? Just stress and stressing the body. So, stress and fear will cause your immune system to go down. And so, when we're talking about basic, basic things to do, if you're so afraid and you're so full of anxiety, the probability of you getting sick are much, much higher. So what can you do? A walk in nature, a breath, a little meditation, things like that, a little bit of exercise, jogging, just the basics, Uh, laughter. There's cases of people who, had cancer and they're terminally ill. They're given a year, they're given two years. And part of what they said is they just changed their whole entire lifestyle that was destructive and stressful. They started watching a lot of comedy movies because the doctor said, relax, enjoy your time. Well, that allows the body to move a little bit more uh, freely and, and start to come back to health, and they, these can sound like some very fantastic, amazing out there ideas to some people, but you guys have both lived this you 've seen this transformation happen, and it really does start with the psychological, spiritual, but then also you know what are you eating and things like that and so what I wanted to kind of ask is bring it to you know people who might be a little bit afraid like uh, dr edith i 'd love for you to talk about is there who is at risk here? Um, you know who like should be a little bit more aware so I was nervous for my daughter who's six months. I know people who have kids, right? I'm, I'm fine for me, whatever's going to happen to me. I know that with what you guys are saying that I, I have the power to transform that into healing. And I've seen enough cases of this done. And I feel like I have the tools to give it a great shot. And I also have made peace with my, my mortality. I've almost died many times, but that's just my own journey. And I recognize that there's a bigger force here that might take me out. And if it's, uh, if it were this, I would kind of be like, okay, there's nothing I could do for that, but I don't think so because I have the tools to kind of, you know, empower myself toward a more healed state. And so, what I wanted to ask are: what are the facts on the mortality here? What should do someone do if maybe they're diagnosed? Who is a little bit more at risk? And, um, you know, what, can you speak on children? Are 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 especially infants and young people safe?
1: Well, so far the reports have been pretty consistent, and I'll just I'll just trust that this is true, that the elderly population is more at risk and they haven't had any serious cases with um, kids zero to 10, for example. And so, um, and those of us that are in the younger age groups are supposedly at lower risk. So that begs the question, I think um, your audience will resonate with this, is that what is your physiological age instead of your birth certificate age, right? What is your cellular age? You know science has found that we can actually lengthen telomeres through different practices nutrition, meditation, all kinds of there 's all these wonderful self care tools now that have been found to be able to slow the aging process and possibly even reverse the aging process. So, I encourage everybody to start getting really passionate about that and secondly, it seems that there's some preliminary evidence that um, that the areas that have already had 5G deployed seem to have higher rates. Now, we can't really trust the testing yet because there's their plate, you know, is the testing accurate? Does everybody have test kits? I know here in America we had a big snafu with with um, not getting testing kits for a long time. And now we're not even sure our kind of testing kit is consistent with the kind of testing technology that's being used elsewhere in the world. So there are all these questions. We don't know if we can trust the stats, but we do know that that we can control our cellular aging process to mitigate our risk factors for all kinds of diseases, including infectious disease. Um, With regards to children, The same goes with children, and as with adults, children need um, fresh air every day, they need to move their bodies, they need good clean water, and they need to eat clean food. Um, But with babies, I want all the mothers out there to trust your body. It's been scientifically documented that when we nurse our babies, that the baby's saliva actually spits out information about the microbiome that the baby is experiencing and that goes into your breasts and your breasts in real time will make the right antibody soup in that breast milk so i have complete trust in my body's health and well-being and its intelligence and whatever I'm being exposed to, I'll make the antibodies to it and pass that along in my breast milk to my baby. So I feel my baby is actually one of the most well protected humans on the planet because I take such beautiful care of my own health and well being. And so, all the mothers out there, um, this, this really, I hope this really resonates that whatever you do to take great care of your health and your well-being will directly benefit your baby at this time and really trust in your power, your ability to make the perfect soup of medicine with your breast milk.
0: Hey, that's amazing. And I'd love Bear to chime in, but I wanted to ask real quick, is it true that if the mother is, is stressed and in a stressful state that she kind of passes that on? Is that a true or is that a myth? Do we have information on that?
1: It is true. We can pass. Well, First of all, when the mother's under stress, her breast milk production does tank. So that that's already something that we should be concerned about. So anything that you can do to support mom's state of mind and help her feel relaxed and well, make sure she's well hydrated, doing all those things. You know, I notice um, when I go out and do a round of breath, breath work, Get in the sunshine, barefoot, be in nature, do you know three by 10 deep breaths, I come back and boom, my breast milk production goes way up just like that. It's that quick. And I read some stressful news on my feed, and then and then I go to feed my baby, the production is down. It changes so quickly. So um, if your breast milk production, those of you that are moms out there, is lower because of all the stress. Have no fear, because if you just do a little bit of self care as little as go outside and do thirty deep breaths, everything could change for you.
0: Great, thanks for that. Hey, Bear, do you want to chime in on any of that?
2: Sure, uh, Dr. Edith, that's beautiful because uh, you know I have a brand new grandson just days old, and of course, we're working with our our son and daughter in law and uh, share the same concerns. And um, Matt, you know me, I like to get into waveform physics and waveform physics, uh, we can explain in, uh, in very meticulous, even mathematical detail, how our body is a uh, holographic representation of our consciousness, our beliefs, our attitudes, our emotions. So we're just now getting around to the understanding in a lot of circles that uh, our emotions might be important, our belief systems and so forth. But it's much more than that. They're literally, uh, our body is literally literally a hologram of that. And again, that can be elaborated on greatly. But, um, you know, where we're at with our attitudes is, is really the whole thing. So if you're coming from a calm place of understanding that you have a lot more to say about uh, who you are—that you are a powerful spiritual being—that you are here for a definite purpose—then you're really not going to succumb to all the hysteria out there, and you're going to come through this just fine. And the fact is, is we're all going to be here as long as we're supposed to be here. So um, uh, uh, an insignificant virus, or uh, you know whatever you want to call it, is not going to take me out before it's my time to go. Um, you know, of course, we can make anything happen if we don't, if we wanted to, but we just have to come to an understanding. I think humanity really has to grow up, you know, in the eastern part of the world for centuries, we've had uh, uh, certain understandings that have been kept alive in certain circles. You know, I practice Chinese medicine and uh, Ayurvedic and, uh, you know, a lot of these understandings are built into that. Um, system of medicine. So that was my, you know, Rudolf Steiner, even studying people like that uh, really helped me understand some of the things I'm talking about. But we have the extra benefit now of having it being brought into the realm of physics and mathematics, where we can explain exactly what, you know, in the old world, what they were talking about with uh, Concepts of five elements and energetics and yin and yang, and you know we we can explain that in waveform mechanics. So it's nice because what's happening now is a wonderful time to be alive. There's a reconciliation and emerging, if you will, of the right and left hemispheres of the world. And the understandings and the best of both sides, and there are wonderful things happening in every culture and every part of the world. They're all coming together to create a complete picture so we're no longer schizophrenic and that we can not only work together as a people in a cooperative, loving way, but also within ourselves realize our full potential. So back to um, uh, coronavirus, you know, uh, another thing you talked about, Dr. Edith, which uh, I don't want to get too deep into that, but there are a lot of factors additional to the so-called virus that are causing issues, 5G being a huge one. Uh, there was a mass vaccination program going on in Wuhan just weeks uh, before the outbreak, and those are all you know, different discussion topics, but it's valuable to talk about it here because um, you know as we 're uh, you know, getting mixed reports of statistics and, and numbers of people getting sick, we have no idea what they 're getting sick from, uh, how sick uh, you know, uh, they 're getting and, and there 's just too much we don 't know, but the things we do know is we have a lot more to say about it uh, than, than you know we realize if we just understand our true potential i don 't think any of this is by mistake you know, uh, I've treated many, many people that would come, uh, you know, in my clinic days where they uh, were always uh, uh, referred to us because everybody else had given up on them. And we had a reputation of sorts of just taking on difficult cases and having a good go of it. And, um, you know, when these people got through their so-called terminal diseases and came out the other side, they would look back and say, you know, it was, it was pretty intense and I never want to go through that again. On the other hand, it's the best thing that ever happened to me because it gave me a reset in life. Uh, it made me, um, you know, reevaluate my priorities and just understand my true purpose to be here in the first place. And I really believe strongly that what we're uh, experiencing as a people now is uh, we're not only having a reset, but we're having a pause. Uh, you know, you don't have to worry about if you're not working, not paying your rent, because you know what? If uh, they really shut all these uh, you know, lines of, uh, of commerce down, we're all in the same boat. Nobody's going to be paying their rent. Nobody is, is going to be you know, paying their property tax. So don't worry about it. What we're actually finding out through this is all of that stuff was fake from the first. And the only thing that's important is as a people... Uh, we're meant to work together. And I never bought the idea that life on this planet was meant to be uh, rife with, uh, with war and disease. I think those are all overlays that you know, didn't have to be. And I believe you know, some aspects of the media and everything that try to foster the idea that humanity is inherently evil and bad and we need all these things to control ourselves. I don't buy it for a second. And also, as people are panicking now and some people, uh, you know, suggesting that it's going to turn into a Lord of the Flies situation in urban centers and everything, I don't buy that either. You know what I think is that we're all going to come together with this. I think this is the thing that will pull us together. And there's been a great, um, you know, uh, let's just say, um, an effort to divide us all in many ways recently. And I think this is, going to be the big one that's going to pull us together and realize no there's no division we're all the same we're all in this together and i think on the other side of this some very good things are going to happen now uh with coronavirus as we're all in you know different uh uh stages of the same process of you know realizing who we are in the first place there's uh, just things that you know most people know about these these days that can be very helpful uh, I tell my people, you know, high dosage of vitamin C. It, it does help the, the upper respiratory system. Um, you know, just uh, good fresh air, uh, water, the things that in naturopathic circles, we've been telling people forever. Uh, one of the things that's really good for bringing in, you know, fresh oxygen and disinfecting your lungs is you buy a little nebulizer uh, at, at Walgreens or somewhere and you get food grade 3% hydrogen peroxide. And, you know, there's a little formula where you can put a few drops in that in a carrier of distilled water and puff on that, you know, about six or 12 times, you know, about six or 12 inhalations a day. Uh, there's all these these simple measures that already, you know, we're telling people to do. And those are the people that get back to us and say, hey, thank you. I feel a lot better. So, you know, I, I really think this is a flu. It might be a nasty flu. Uh, there's a lot of other factors we don't know about, but as Dr. Eda said, Uh, take care of yourself. And, you know, I'm more involved in farming these days because, um, you know, I teach permaculture farming and, uh, you know, we have a lot of things going. We have a medicinal herb farm. And, uh, you know, I believe that the soil health and, and I teach soil science is continuous and should be seamless with the practice of medicine because our biome, our, our own gut biome and our bodies is continuous in one intelligent network with the soil biome. So, we need to get outside. We need to put our bare feet in the ground. We need to get grounded in Chinese medicine. There's an old axiom you need your feet on the ground and your head in the clouds. And what Dr. Edith also said, we need to get our spiritual life together. And that is, uh, you know, equally as important because humans are the way station. We're the midway point between heaven on earth and we are meant to wake up and be the conduits to bring the light into this planet to make it what it's supposed to be in the first place.
0: That's amazing. So beautifully put. And I'll I'll tell the audience that I did my best to be like we're gonna try to keep this grounded. And all you guys are doing is bringing up topics that I want to kind of, you know, go deeper in because they're so important. But one of the main themes here is that you have the power to fight this. That health is within your control, not outside of your control. If you were to get this disease or any other disease, bears work with a lot of people, and so have you, Edith, that had very serious diseases. And we're able to come out on top when they applied these different principles. So the first thing that I'm hearing is that you do have the power to influence your own health. And maybe it's time you start to look at that. And also, there's so many topics I'd like to discover. There was uh, uh, Mike, who you co-host the podcast with, sent me a video of one of the top doctors in Germany talking about how he believed that this was a little bit of a scare because of the data that he has so far about um, you know, what's going on in the, in the mortality rate and the deaths and things like that. And so just for clarity, I wanted to ask you guys, what I've seen right now is that the, the mortality rate, the, the likelihood that you will die from this is less than 1%. Some have put it as low as 0.3. It is, it is not any more lethal or um, scary than a flu. Um, it's maybe a different strain, so maybe you can talk a bit on the science of like what it actually is. Because I know that when you go to the flip side of it, and the people that are screaming the Earth is on fire, they are they are painting the picture that this thing is the scariest, most adaptive, lethal virus you've ever seen, and it's gonna be out to get you when you're least expecting it, and so. Maybe you guys can speak just a little bit on, you know, what is that, what do we know as far as the mortality rate in our own capacity to um, heal it if we do indeed receive it?
1: Well, it's so super confusing because the who's being tested? So is the mortality rate based on all the people that are in critical enough condition to be in the ER versus who's being tested, tested in the population at large? versus how many people in the population are asymptomatic and bounce back with like like a quick little sniffle for an hour and then they're already better. Those people aren't being tested. So one of the things that I wanna call for with our government is to actually produce free testing for antibody testing. If we've already gotten it and bounced back, why is everybody being quarantined? You know, if if we can get true herd immunity with all those healthy ones that are out there functioning in society, with we can create a shield that actually protects it from, you know, that this gets into a can of worms about what is herd immunity and what is the kind of, um pretense of a human uh, of, of immunity that vaccines supposedly give us, you know, this idea that you could get a pathogen in your body and your body can not only produce antibodies but on all levels in Chinese medicine and not all these levels have been correlated back to Western medicine just yet. But in Chinese medicine, they talk about how when you quote unquote get sick, all of those symptoms Now we loosely call those cellular immunity response instead of humoral immunity response. Those are all the levels that allows your body to develop a sense of intelligent response to the changes in the environment. And that after you bounce back from it, you can have lifelong immunity because you've trained all the levels, the sniffles, the... the, cough the lung symptoms all those levels have responded as well as the antibody levels so it turns out a vaccine that just stimulates the activation of antibodies that wears off quickly and in at least 10 percent of the population they don't people are known to not even respond to a vaccine induced um stimulation plus there's the question of all the neurotoxins and questionable ingredients in the vaccine that we have to i think as a society now talk about these issues in a very open way, because until this virus became so sensationalized, most people, it was really hard to have a clear, level-headed, unemotional conversation about the vaccine conversation. But now there's this talk of, oh, we should rush a vaccine. How quick? You know, this week, next week? And then the public is starting to ask, wait a minute, how are vaccines made? I never thought about that. How quickly are they made? I never thought about that. Are they ever tested against a placebo control? I never thought about that. What are the ingredients? And what about long-term possible side effects? And what about this thing that the coronavirus is actually bringing to the forefront? I think maybe Dr. Landa was kind of alluding to that before, that China actually started a mandatory vaccine program just... um, just shortly before the epidemic. And so is it possible that there is something about the the program that is triggering a different underlying pattern in the population that interacts with pathogens in a new way that causes a flare up of symptoms? You know, we know that in, um, in animal models for, the, for some of the SARS vaccine studies, they found something like um, when they injected the mice, they found that the mice did well. They didn't record any serious side effects, and it did cause an antibody level to rise. And so they thought, okay, now we can expose the mice to the actual pathogen and see how it responds. It turns out in those studies, they had an excessive response, so much so that some of the mice died. So is it possible now that's coming into the news, is it possible that that these side effects are partly at play? I don't know the answer to all these questions, but I think it's very healthy for humanity to start coming clean with all these questions and have have a global dialogue around it.
0: Beautiful. Bear?
2: There is a a great video that's uh, going pretty viral right now uh, by another doctor, Dr. Dr. Cohen uh, or Cowan, uh, forgive me if I'm pronouncing his name wrong, also from San Francisco.
1: That's Thomas Cowan. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And uh, without going through his whole video, but he echoed a lot of our sentiments that look, this is getting blown way out of proportion. And also reiterated uh, other possible causes for people that may uh, be considered a coronavirus casualty, and also really emphasized uh, the uh, studies that I was very well of already of how they deliberately tried to infect uh, animals and people with these uh, viruses by subjecting them you know directly with these, and they, they couldn 't get the contagion to take, even though they were uh, doing it deliberately. And, um, you know, we're talking about vaccines, which is a a whole different topic. But one good comment we need to understand is immunization and vaccination are two different things. So as I agree with Dr. Edith, rather than, um, you know, doing these, uh, trying to uh, get a body, uh, you know, uh, to build up antibodies or something, what we really need to do and what we do in terrain medicine which is, uh, you know, another way we see, you know, all these other horrible diseases seem to take care of themselves, including, you know, HIV and things that, uh, you know, we, we've we seen epidemic at certain points, is uh, you pay attention to the innate uh, microbial populations, you cultivate them just like you're cultivating a natural terrain out, you know, when you're doing agriculture. And you it's all about not trying to strengthen the body against a certain microbe it's about strengthening the body period but doing it in natural ways with what already is present and not forcing the body to make an unnatural have an unnatural reaction against uh, you know an attenuated uh, microorganism that you know all of a sudden we decide to be afraid of and also i think there's a, a great tendency to be microbe uh you know, this microbe phobia we have these days. The fact is, the external surface of our body um, has, is covered with microbes all the time that outnumber the 70 trillion cells in our body, 10,000 to one. And in Chinese medicine, that's part of what we call the Wei Qi, you know, the the outer uh, protective uh, barrier, uh, you know, that protects us uh, against all things. And, and defines our space, you know, our personal space and, and keeps us healthy, period. In uh, martial arts, you know, we take great lengths to build up this Wei Qi so that you can take a punch and toughen your knuckles up and, and you know, that sort of thing. And um, so, again, if we understand our relationship with microbes, We wouldn't be afraid of them at all. And if you could see a photograph somehow where you could see your teeming external surface, let alone the internal uh, part of your body that's just teeming with all sorts of creatures, you know, it'd probably scare the death out of uh, most people. But uh, these are our friends, and not only do they protect protection or provide protection for us and provide uh, many, many different functions, again, just like in the soil outside. Uh, it would be impossible to raise food unless you had proper microbes out there in the soil. So we take great lanes to cultivate those things, not be afraid of them. Um, so yeah, we have to rethink this. And also microbes are like a little internet of their own. They convey information. For instance, when babies uh, or, or, or toddlers are subjected to measles, uh, what we found is later on when they, they have these uh, so-called infections, uh, they become resistant to other more chronic degenerative conditions later on in life. And what we're understanding now is that these things we're getting inoculated against and these things that were made to fear are actually providing information like downloads into our biology that make us stronger and more resistant in the future and this uh you know goes back to our understanding now that a few of us are catching on to is that it's all about electronics we're locked uh, we're not pieces of meat as dr Eva says we are uh pure consciousness putting electrical forces in motion to create this entire simulation in the first place and um you know we just need to get the hang of how this works so uh microbes are uh not our uh, opponents by any stretch and we have to understand their true nature and how to work with them and coronavirus uh my i feel very strongly based on the more evidence that i've seen is that it's not creating any more casualties than past flu epidemics
1: yeah i think it's become popular understanding now the overuse of anti um, biotics has thrown off our microbiome and, um, and leading to quite serious consequences. And so we're doing the same with, with possibly the same kind of trajectory with selecting which viruses we're scared about versus the trillions others that we choose not to be scared about. You know, like who decided that? Who decided which ones were to be deemed the most scary? And are there financial forces at work in those decision-making processes? And why is it that we have so few, hardly any studies that look at not just the ability to be successfully triggering an antibody level with the titer test, and that's what we consider success. What about globally, holistically? What about the general health outcome in the lifetime of a human being when we choose to manipulate the viruses in these ways and what about our global health as a humanity long term i think we're starting to come to our senses now with bacteria and overuse of antibiotics but i think we need to have that conversation with a lot of the other health strategies you know the way we use um pharmaceutical drugs to kind of like tweak this one chemistry in this one part of the system, we don't understand all the cogs and the complexities of the whole thing. And then it's sometimes, oops, we were playing with fire when we didn't know what we were doing. We're starting to learn those lessons now.
0: You guys both brought up really amazing points with uh, a lot of detail. And so to summarize, it seems that what the data is showing is that the mortality rate is is indeed less than one percent and that you know if you're not subject to to um you know maybe if the flu if you're in a case and your immune system is is compromised and the flu could possibly kill you then that's a dangerous situation but kids uh, healthy people they should be able to recover from this correct
1: that's i agree Showing and more importantly, that's always been my clinical experience working with people as you support the general health and well being of people against all the disease factors and and then we don't have to walk around life feeling scared all the time, feeling so fragile, you know, feeling so germaphobe all the time, you know, so, um, but I, I do want to bring back that there is a bigger picture. There's a lot of gifts and opportunities here. We have this situation now, we can't uh, run away from it. The fact that many of us are on lockdown, so many systems are crumbling. And so I would really love for everybody that's listening out there to take maximum advantage of this opportunity right now. You know, I I was joking on my Facebook Live last night that I paid five or 6,000 bucks to go to Thailand to uh, sit in a dark cave and meditate for 11 days and not eat and hardly drink. And it was the most blissful experience of my whole life. And now we can all, I'm not saying everybody should go fast, especially those of us with a medical license have to be responsible. Please don't do prolonged fasting without professional supervision. (laughs) But you can turn this into a really rich and rewarding and beautiful meditation retreat experience right now. Because all you don't have to run around with deadlines and all the work obligations, so do that self-care, do that inner work right now is the perfect opportunity. And it's the perfect opportunity to reconnect with our friends and family in a more present, slower, unrush kind of way. It's an opportunity for us to ask so many questions. I was just sharing in my session last night. you know, we've been homeschooling our boy, and um, we're noticing how our friends who don't normally homeschool they're discovering the gifts of homeschooling they're reconnecting with their children they're seeing their children come out with like in that flexible environment so many creative geniuses are popping up because they are allowed to explore those freely now without the rigidity of a traditional school system and all these beautiful um videos that have gone viral. I agree totally with Dr. Lando that, that this is going to bring us close together rather than divide us. All these beautiful videos of us showing the best of our humanness. You know, the people in Italy on lockdown making beautiful music. Have you seen those? And I think we're going to start circulating a lot more good content like that to really, really um, highlight the the best of ourselves across the globe across all of the human family. So I'm super, actually super excited about these opportunities.
0: I love that perspective. And I I feel the same way. You guys are bringing up really important topics. And this is a global, this is a global idea. This is a global quote unquote pandemic. And everybody is watching, everybody is paying attention. And it's interesting, nothing like this has happened in my lifetime, or I think my parents' lifetime, because now with the The uh, internet, we can we can share information so quickly, and it's very fascinating what we're looking at here. Because when we look behind the curtain, um, I know that you guys have looked a little bit behind the curtain. That's maybe some uh, deeper things of what might be going on here. Because there is some interesting stuff out of China. Um, Doctor, I want to get his name right. Wolfgang Woodarg. Just I I linked his video. He shared what his thoughts were and he shared a lot of the data what's going on and you know he talked about the coronavirus that they knew that existed and how the testing's working and what they're doing with the numbers and mortality rate and then how that influenced uh politicians and then how that spread across like fear mania but then what did the government do? The government did a shutdown, it did a quarantine, it did things like that. Um and so some of the things that infringe on human rights quote un because of a quote unquote emergency. Is it an emergency? Maybe it is maybe it isn't I don't know. But we do know that those you know, that places have gone on lockdown because of this. And when you start to peel back the layers, the people who understand uh, uh, the virus, the people who understand these things, um, they have a clearer view on what might be going on. And I think that there is something planetary, something very large at play here. And it does give us an opportunity to look at our lives and, and how we live it. And then also at the planet as a whole, because if you look at the numbers, I was getting into a little bit of a, you know, thing with a friend of mine. And I said, you know, I've been really upset with the number of deaths over starvation, 25,000 people per day. It was 9.1 million last year. I think it's 10,000 people per day on suicide. You know, these numbers dwarf what's happened so far. And hopefully it doesn't go into the the crazy realm. But what we do know is that people are starving to death every day, that that our systems and the way that, that we live don't promote health. They don't promote wellness they don't promote mental health and ease most people are stressed and so what from this event can we learn what can we do to move in a direction where we are honoring all life on the planet and or do we go through this and everybody gets a little bit afraid and then we ignore those really big problems that are here on the planet now? Or do we use it as an opportunity? We have a special guest behind you. Uh, we, do we use it as an opportunity to level up as, as a human species and start to look at some of these deeper issues and say, you know what, we really are powerful together. And I love the idea of you know, thinking of our planet as one species and team earth. And if we were going to do the Olympics out in the solar system, nobody would want us to play because we're very violent. And you know, it's like two brothers or something that come over from another family and they fight each other and destroy your house. You know, they're like, they might be good people, but they're not very great guests. You might not invite them to play. And so what would it look like if Team Canada, Team USA, Team Korea, uh, you know, Team India, everybody comes together working on global issues for the good of all. And what is preventing that right now? What, what is actually preventing that? What's preventing the individual from making the change and the collective from making the change? And now we're understanding how quick information can pass and what kind of world do we want to live in? So I'll just end that rant and see if you guys want to chime in with a, a question or a thought or comment.
2: Well, I think the only thing that's uh, preventing it is uh, for generationally, we've been so deeply uh, engrammed with these belief systems uh, about the, tr- the nature of humanity that most of us can't even conceive what a planet would look like in, in a state of peace, in a state of abundance, um, disease-free and cooperation. There's uh, even ample archaeological and other historical evidence that's surfacing now that we've had periods on the planet that were exactly like that. And we don't even have to go uh, into the reasons or who's behind it as far as why these false narratives have been created. But I think the only reason why we aren't experiencing that now is we were all convinced that that's not our true nature. And just to repeat what I said before, that... uh, You know, that's that is a false narrative. So we just have to change our minds. And so this event, I believe, is going to turn out to be, uh, you know, create the the next, uh, uh, you know, uh, historical phase of humanity, which is going to be the best of times. And we need something like this. Uh, where we find a commonality. And, you know, I don't, I haven't watched TV for decades, but, you know, I see little snippets on YouTube and, and, and things, you know, just to kind of keep my ear to the ground. And what most people are agreeing right now is all the talking heads and, 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 you know, people in different government, uh, you know, positions are really looking pretty silly these days. And, you know, uh, some segments of the population uh, understand that, you know, maybe even up to some pretty sinister things. And so in those groups, it's like, okay, let's get the bad guys. But I think it's, uh, you know, we don't want to go down that road either, you know, for vengeance or people that have been taking advantage of other people. We just need to move on with things and, um, you know, realize what we're really here to do in the first place. So Dr. Edith I'll I'll let you comment.
1: Well, you know, I um I'll say that in my own personal life I'm working with so many clients and patients and also when I used to be an athletic coach um I noticed that when people are there's a saying like people are like tea bags you don't know what they're really made of until you dunk them in hot water or something like that. I feel like now we get to really see the, the true colors of people. And I have, for example, one of my patients is uh, recovering from mold illness. So she can't go into a lot of, and she has various um, environmental sensitivities She's doing so much better, but she, there's certain um, buildings she can't go to. And so with the craziness that's going on, she realized that she doesn't always have to use a Instacart or you know hire, hire these uh, internet shoppers. That because the internet shoppers are all booked up, she has a crew of 11 girlfriends that are on rotation to do her shopping for her. You know, it's like, wow, if she didn't ask for help, that's a big theme is that we have to come back as a community now. We can't do this all alone. And this isolation, this social distancing is actually physical distancing. It doesn't have to be social distancing. It could be physical distance with social closeness that we can paradoxically create as a global family right now so there's a lot of beautiful things that could come out of this if we choose to act with kindness and love and and really caring for our community we can actually create a whole new kind of normal out of this quote unquote crisis
0: those are both very amazing points my my point of view in, in looking at this and, and listening to the worst case scenario that some people have tried to sell me on, and let's say that were, were to happen, the worst case scenario, everybody gets it. And um, and even if everybody in the world got it, it it's still the, more, the death rate is less than 1%. It's actually 0.03 from what I've seen. And I don't know if this is true and who they're studying. And if you look at that article from the, the German doctor, it goes into that, right? Where the testing was, well, if you test in hospitals in the ER and where people are sick, the mortality rate's gonna go up. So how many people got it and they didn't even know it because they were they were strong. And that's kind of how I feel is like my immune system's strong and that I'm strong and I should be able to prevent it. And so if this thing is going out in the world and we have that first idea that we can cure ourselves, you know, that's a very powerful idea to just begin with. And then look at like how how we're engaging in our communities because if people go and it does get really really bad, if people begin to panic and they start getting fearful. We've seen what happens. People go into a mob mentality. Darren Brown did a great Um, show on this just what seeing what happens when people get fearful and a mob mentality they start doing crazy things and this is the kind of thing where if if people are really looking at that worst case scenario and then they start to believe it they start to take actions based on that perception which which may or may not be true because they're not exactly happening yet you know what I mean and so the more if it did get worse if you look at first uh, first responders, you look at the military, you look at paramedics, you look at all those people, look at um, firefighters, Dr. Barry, you would know this, right? You would. The more crazy gets, the more calm and focus is necessary so you can adapt to that situation. And so if all of us can come back to that personal empowerment, all of us can come back to that space of ease and calm and empowerment, it's going to reduce that panic level, it's going to reduce that energy. And if it goes up and it gets worse, you know, that's where that mastery would need to come into play. And so what I've heard you guys is, yeah, go ahead.
1: I, I have a few things to say about that. I, sorry for interrupting. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I want all of us to be kind to ourselves to know that there is fear and panic that arises and it's okay. We don't have to like squash it down. So I hope that we don't come across with the wrong message that it's just like you, we don't approve of fear and panic. No, we do approve. We approve of sitting with it with love and kindness, allowing it to bubble up and move through you instead of trying to suppress you. And then one day you crack. That's not good either. Right? So, um, Many of you guys have probably heard about the epigenetic um, studies with the mice about how trauma gets passed on from generation to generation. So those of you that haven't heard about this, I think it was with like a tiger lily flower. They they had these mice smell this lily flower. I think it was a tiger lily. And they used to go, hmm, yummy, yummy, yummy. And then they would, I'm sorry to say, zap the mice every time they smelled the flower until they became traumatized by it. And every time the flower smell was around, they would run away in fear, instead run towards this delicious smell. Well, it turns out several generations later, the grandchildren still had this exact same traumatized behavior, even though in the interim generations, they weren't directly exposed to that trauma. So now you might know rationally in your mind that you know what, in, in, in a serious situation, is toilet paper buying really gonna help me? You know, we can all laugh about it, but people are stockpiling it because they're triggering some kind of epigenetic memory. So I think we should be kind to those people also to understand that that behavior is actually out of their control. But what's good news is that now is all this like subconscious survival-based fear doesn't have to stay in the subconscious of society anymore. We get to stir it up to the surface we get to laugh about it. We get to heal it together collectively. We get to have conversation in the open about these subconscious survival-based fears to actually clear it once and for all. And if you believe what the native says, this could benefit seven generations back and seven generations forward. This is not a small thing. Together, if we can really support and care for one another, we get to once and for all clean slate from all of that old intergeneration trauma that's being stirred to the surface is a huge global healing that's happening so it may look ugly at times but there's something really beautiful and profound that's happening and yesterday i was going for a walk and in these trails there's this beautiful rock that i always touch and when i touched it i saw this um Gaia showed me that she's doing this like cleaning and clearing and cleaning and clearing so rapidly clearing all these survival-based fears this old way of thinking this whole belief system she was like clearing out the matrix and it almost brought tears to me because I I could see that that's what we're all doing too she's just like okay this is where we're moving now you want to come along we're cleaning all that stuff up and building a new system that's based on kindness and integrity and community and caring for one another it's like you want to come along or not you know we got that's the journey we're going on right now
0: yeah, I'm really glad you chimed in on that because that's a um, I want to make sure that it was perceived that way, which is really great because I can share the example of you know the, the opposite of uh, you know a, a friend and, and someone that I you know believes in the, the other side of it, which may or may not be true. If, does it wipe out the whole planet? Maybe I don't know. I don't think so. It's not what I've seen and not what I, I believe, but you know what it could it could be true. And in our discussion, you know, it got into the argument, and then I you know I wasn't so kind. You know, And then I, I recognize that if I did have that belief and I was concerned for my friend and I was trying to tell him you know, and he wasn't listening, it would be frustrating because they're trying to help you and you don't believe them, right? And so they just have a different view, but it actually comes from a place of compassion. It actually comes from a place of, of wanting to help. And so if we can allow others to have their view and also allow us to be fr- afraid, maybe we don't have that level of mastery yet, that's great. And just also to recognize that another perspective is there. Even though I am afraid, I can choose to have courage. You know, Even though I am afraid, um, I can choose to get through this and setting our intentions on on what we prefer because it is a scary time. And I've done a lot of this work. I've read a lot of books. You know, I've had a lot of podcasts and I was afraid. I started to get a little bit sick. And then I thought, you know what? oh my God, what if I get sick and my partner gets sick and our little one is upstairs and then she gets sick? I won't be able to handle that, you know what I mean? And my brain is starting to go nuts. And so, you know, that's a, a reason I was like, I need to get you guys on because, you know, we need to, we need to kind of um, – you know, get as much positive and real information as much as empowering information. And like you said, to be kind and compassionate to yourself for wherever you are in the process and kind and compassionate with whatever someone else's belief is to be able to share it without saying, this is the truth. And I know this and, and you're wrong. And and to, and to be an example of a good friend, a good listener, a good, a good uh, community member, um, and showing that regardless of what the other community member may or may not be showing. And so, Bear, do you want to chime in on that? And just thank you, Edith. That was very well put.
2: Yeah, Edith, that's a great point, because we don't want to act Pollyanna like, oh, we're just all going to hold hands, and it's going to be peace, love, and dove, and everything's going to go away. Uh, you know, in the world of athletics, we used to say, well, it's game time. This isn't practice anymore. And Coach would come in the locker room and say, okay, you better button up your chin straps because this is for real now. We're going live. I think that's where we're at right now. We're going live. And I think it could be uh, kind of a nail biter at times. And it's going to be intense. But uh, my only um, perspective was that those intense times are what bring people together. And because we can find solace in the fact that we can share our fears uh, you know, and our anxieties together. You know, and it's kind of a crude example, but I remember just playing football at a high level. Uh, you know, it was very, uh, it was a melting pot. I mean, talk about multicultural, multiracial, and I uh, you know people from all over the country, and we're thrown in this one situation together. And we go through very intense times together and practice, and we, you know, uh, kind of bleed together and party together, and, you know, we became lifelong friends, raised our kids together um and but because we went through that level of intensity you know big crowds of people and you know it's all kind of fake and and i get that now but you know at the time it seemed like very real and very intense and uh you know you just created these bonds and all the differences you didn't see anybody from uh, external surfaces you didn't see skin color or you know the part of the world that people came up with or different or came from or belief systems, you know, we were just all in it together. So I think that's where humanity's in now. And it takes intensity and sometimes a little bit of pain to um, you know, to to get you there. You know, uh when I was in clinical practice, uh very often when you get somebody who is very much on the ropes and you start treating them, you know, you're deliberately Exposing and getting things to the surface and a lot of times if you didn't know any better It would seem like people are getting a little worse before they got better and that's what we're seeing on the planet Now there's just been too much swept under the rugs Too much not dealt with and it's all up in our faces right now And uh, that's a good thing because uh, you know with that be genetics, you know We can explain the physics behind that. We can even explain the physics uh, behind the seven generational concept, um, that's very easy to understand when you understand that level of physics. So it's kind of neat. That's what I talk about now. We're at a very delightful time in history where we're merging, uh, you know, both hemispheres, and we can have a complete understanding and share in that way. And I think when you have that reconciliation, when your, you know, more analytical side can say, "Oh yeah, now I see that what they were telling us in other parts of the world forever is actually true." You know, now we're, you know, that conflict is reconciled. We can just get on with things. So um, here we are. It's happening. It's game time. And, uh, and I don't think this one's going to go away. Uh, I, think, uh, I think we're going to go through some things right now. But, you know, my attitude is bring it on. Uh, you know, it's a good time to do it. Well, and the m- longer we put it off, the, the more suffering there's going to be.
1: I'd also like to point out that Matt is um, an expert in how to manifest, and um, there's something that that a uh, lesson that we can all learn from that body of work too is that when we're fortunately when we're in a state of of um, chaos, um, all that fear, all that incoherent energies, is not a good place to manifest from, which is actually kind of um, Kind of good news, because those of us, that's like the, the kindness of the universal laws, because those of us that can bring ourselves into coherence, and I'm sure that that includes almost all of your audience, the people that have been practicing meditation and, and inner work for years or decades, you have the tools to bring yourself into coherence. From that state, we can create the new systems so much more powerfully. And so the Maharishi effect says something like less than 1% of the the planet, they've done some calculations through their repeated social study experiments, is that if less than 1% of the planet comes together in this state of coherence and deep meditation, that's the tipping point that could create a completely different reality for the entire planet. So it really doesn't take much. It takes the kind of people that listen to your podcast to really come together and do their inner work and, and step up their A game, put, strap the buckle, you know, go game time right now. And it's the best opportunity I've ever witnessed in my lifetime for sure.
0: Yeah, you guys just brought up some really amazing points. And, you know, Bear, I know exactly what you're talking about from doing things like training with Shaolin monks. I will remember the brothership of being in that temple because of the extraordinary butt kicking that I received. And it was so amazing. I will remember who I trekked Everest with. I'll remember the monks I meditated with so much in that, that community because we went through something that was so challenging unique or new. And as a planet, we're all going through this together and that can unite us. And I think that's an incredibly uh, powerful way to frame it. And I love what Dr. Edith is saying and what you guys are saying. It's like, you know, recognizing that you're stronger than your environment. You know, I grew up a martial artist and when you compete in martial arts, you gotta learn how to take a hit. And so if I'm competing for the UFC championship or the boxing championship or football or any sport and you get hit and then you say, oh, now I'm weak, you know, you're always thinking I can overcome, I can adapt, I can get better, I can get through this. And that is the mindset that is necessary to get through. And people who've had extraordinary healings all have done that. They've all said, you know what, I'm going to make this decision. I'm going to get through this. And there's case upon case upon case. And Dr. Joe Dispenza frames it that you need to be greater than your environment. And that's what martial arts has always taught me. I can be greater than my environment. When I learned about self-healing, I used to get you know, uh, strep throat twice a year. And then I recognized, okay, I can stop that because people will say, oh, I'm getting sick one or two days later, they get sick. I'm sick for about a week. They're, they're now sick with the thing for the duration of time they've set, and then um, they'll get better. And that continues to happen. And when I started to teach people this, um, I said, hey, you can actually heal yourself through what you intend. And I woke up with a strep throat, right? I woke up in the middle of the night. I was like, oh, this is it. I can feel it. It's real. My environment is telling me that there's a problem. And I immediately went into meditation. I set my intention. I said, I can heal myself. And although you know, my, one of my friends, when I first started telling him about it, he's like, so basically you're lying to yourself. I was like, yeah, kind of, you know, I was like, but I am stronger. I'm, I'm taking the will of my body and that energy and telling it to make a difference. And no matter what's happening, I'm saying I can recover. I can get better. I can do it quickly. And I keep demanding of my body and the environment that I am greater than my body, I'm greater than these circumstances. And that's how people have had these extraordinary healings is through that understanding. And if you want to look at an an absolutely phenomenal example, if you know, you were in India at the time of Gandhi, and what was happening, and that would be very real. And this guy's like, you know what, we're not going to fight, we're just going to be peaceful. You'd be like, are you insane? You know, oh, my God, the the amount of like, mastery that that guy had to like do nothing it just blows my mind and he did it and I don't know what kind of power or magic that is but to be that example to be that powerful that sure and and that's also that faith thing there is an element of faith to this and that's what I've seen at higher levels there's an element of faith if you want to level up in snowboarding and do a backflip over a bigger jump to test yourself there's an element of faith to compete And, um, you know, and go in the cage with somebody who's also good. And in the same life, there's an element fate of life to have the courage to change your circumstances, to, you know, take ownership of your own healing of your own body. That's scary because if you fail, then it's like the universe or the environment wins and you feel weak again. And that's a, it's challenging concept, but when you overcome your little battles and get clear and you start to step into your own empowerment, you start to recognize how powerful you are. And then you also start to recognize that this, this universe is actually on your side and you start to witness those things. And so that's part of this virus. I think that I I recognize, and it doesn't frighten me because I feel like the universe is on my side. And like Dr. Bear said uh, earlier, I don't think my ticket's going to get punched before it's supposed to get punched. I can't control when that happens, but I can choose how I react and to respond To what is happening and even if I'm fearful I can intend you know I can intend to have more power I can intend to act this way even though I might not do it uh great um I can keep coming back to that over and over again so um I don't know if you guys want comments on that
1: the fear of death is something worthy to talk about in this situation that we're all facing what are we really afraid of I think we're afraid of not having lived, lived a rich and fulfilling life We're afraid that when we cross over and do our life review, that we'll have regrets. Isn't that what we're afraid of? Because everybody has to cross over at some point. So um, this is maybe an uncomfortable topic to bring up, but that's what a retreat is for, isn't it? To clarify these things for ourselves, to go deeply within ourselves, to, to, to clean up our lives. What good is a meditation retreat if we don't come out of it living a better, richer, fuller, more joyful and loving life, you know? So now is maybe the time to do that hard work of clarifying if, if, if I had to cross over, what are those regrets and is there something I can do about it now?
2: that is uh, very well said and uh that is the the driving fear behind this survival consciousness is a fear of death and um you know like carlos castaneda used to admonish uh or don juan used to admonish carlos castaneda always keep death on your left shoulder well he was saying just keep that awareness to live with impeccability because you never know if it's gonna you know be your last moment or not and um you know, the the, uh, the just the fear of death drives us to do insane things. Uh, people um, take uh, harsh drugs. They subject themselves to chemo, to all these things that are proven to cause death. And, and they do it only because they're afraid to die. You know, it just makes us just lose all logic, all rationale for anything. And so we really have to come to grips with that. And of course, the only thing that's going to overcome that fear of death is not to suppress it or to uh, take the latest, uh, you know, uh, supplement that's going to lengthen our telomeres. I mean, that stuff, I, I love that stuff too. But, um, you know, it's uh, if it's taken in the spirit of, I'm afraid to die and I want to live longer, well, I think in uh, what's going to happen is you're shooting yourself in the foot. And you're not going to get the results you want in the first place because it goes back to where our consciousness is at. And uh, any supplement, no matter how proven it is, it's not going to save our life. Uh, and, and, of course, we have to realize we are eternal beings. And going back to your opening statements, Dr. Edith, uh, we aren't just these pieces of meat. We're much more. And, uh, you know, my final thing I would tell people, amidst this whole flu epidemic, is that symptoms are not bad. So if you wake up with a fever or you know, a bad cough, all these things, remember that is not sickness. Symptoms are a response. In fact, they are a healing response. It's the way the body cleanses. So if you have symptoms, uh, by all means, take them seriously. Uh, t- take whatever measures you need to take care of yourself But don't think that that is a disease because disease uh, really doesn't occur in nature the way we think it does. Symptoms are a bodily response to something else that needs to be put right. So focus on that. And the final thing I would say is uh, everybody just breathe. You know, Wim Hof has proven with his techniques uh, how you can improve your immunity and resilience. Uh, the Russian Buteco method shows with different breathing techniques how you can improve your oxygenation, your pH balance, and cure disease as we think of it. And uh, Eastern breathing practice practices that have been here for thousands of years show us that breathing connects us with spirit. And the great thing about breath, it's the easiest thing to do. It's the uh, most overlooked thing and it's free, and it'll work better than any uh, supplement or any doctor in the world could possibly do for you. So uh, just keep breathing. You'll feel a lot better.
0: Beautifully said. Dr. Edith, I know that you're, you're super busy. You run a practice. A lot of people are, are trying to get a hold of you. Um, did you want to chime in on that? Because I think that the mortality was a, a very good uh, topic to discuss, probably the most underlying thing, and, and I'll chime in after I hear from you.
1: Yeah, um, Dr. Lando, it's like it's like I, where have you been all my life? I feel like <laughs> since, um, except I have so much deep respect for the many more years of experience you have been putting into this research. Um, I wanted to. I love what you just said about sim. The reminder that symptoms are not bad. That it's a it's a response of your body that there's a big difference between symptoms and sickness and um, in my book I just I just grabbed my book because um, I tried to bust some big myths that I think are causing a lot of pain and suffering for people out there that are just pure misunderstandings. so I'll just I won't read the whole chapter I'll just highlight the the headlines myth number one whose job is it to take care of your health well it's our doctor's job Well, this whole pandemic situation is making us realize, actually, no, when it comes to our health, each of us is personally responsible for our health and well-being, and we have the power and we have the responsibility to be in the driver's seat of our own health. I think everybody probably resonates with that on this call. Myth number two, your condition is incurable. There's nothing you can do about it. It's in your genes. There's nothing you can do about it. There's so much, there's nothing you can do about it floating around out there, and it's just not true. There are so many alternative options that are outside of conventional medicine's toolkits. Conventional medicine is expert at drugs and surgery, and I often like to remind my patients about that. If the solution is outside of drugs and surgery, then they throw, oh my God, panic, panic, there's nothing we can do about it, it's incurable. Forgetting that you know, our physiology responds to air and sunlight and herbal medicines and nutritional supplements and meditation practices and different stress reduction tools out there. There's so many great tools outside of just drugs or surgery or injections, you know. So, so I always say if Western conventional medicine waves his hands and says there's nothing you can do about it instant translation. There should be a translation box in between you and that person that instantly translates that to saying the solution probably lies outside of drugs and surgery. Now you're free to look at all those other alternatives because you already went to the conventional doctor and they say there's not much we can do for this condition. You know, we need to Ignore that sentence that says there's nothing you can do about it. In fact, there is probably a lot that you can do about it, but a lot that doesn't benefit the bottom line of the pharmaceutical industry. Myth number three, the best solutions for our health are also the most expensive and complicated one. We are learning that quickly right now. That fresh air, sunshine, meditation, self-care, connection, slowing down to chill out and rest and sleep properly, those are totally free and may be what keeps us the most healthy. Um, Myth number four, the body, mind, emotions, and spirit are all separate. And some conditions are just in your head and some conditions are just in your body. I think we've totally busted that myth in this conversation. Myth number five is related to what Dr. Landon was just talking about. Getting sick or injured is always a bad thing. I don't ever wanna get sick or get injured. But the truth is that we've talked about this at length, that sometimes the shit has to hit the fan for us to wake up and realign our lives in a different way. And with an athlete, as in my own personal experience, when I've ever gotten injured, I've reworked my technique. I've tweaked my equipment, I changed my training regimen, and I experienced a level of performance that would not have been possible if it weren't for that injury teaching me something about my training or my physiology. So there's a simple example that shows us that sometimes getting sick or injured is what we need in order to learn the most important lessons. And then finally, I wanna close with this since I do have to get going and go back to work, um, is that as a society, we don't even know what health is. You know, there are these fundamental problems where we don't even know what are we going for here. You know, and, and, and one of the themes in my Super Wellness book is that we are the boss and CEO of our own lives. Imagine if you're CEO of the company and you have no idea where you're taking the company. You don't know what a success measurement is or what is your vision, your mission, your goal. What a, what a chaos would you would create if you had no idea where your, your goal is. As a society, we have no freaking idea what health actually is. So when I ask my students in these super wellness classes, what's your definition of health? A lot of times we have, um, fortunately, doctors, nurses, um, medical research scientists, cause I'm in the San Francisco Bay area. So we have a lot of very smart people that come to these classes. And they instantly have a jaw drop because they realize, wow, I work in the quote unquote healthcare field. And in this little, like, health and wellness class, it's the first time after decades of study of medicine that anybody even asked me what is health. So conventional medicines, mostly saying that health is like the absence of disease or symptoms, that's where the confusion started, isn't it? But as intelligent, wise human beings, if we really sit with it, we realize that health is something that has nothing to do with our relationship with symptoms. So I quoted a few of my students after some meditation. This is the kind of stuff that people say. Health is a state of dynamic balance, integration, and wholeness. Health is the optimal functioning of all the aspects of my being, body, mind, emotions, and soul. This is a huge one right now. Health is our resilience and adaptabilities to all the ups and downs and stressors of life, the ability to be adaptive. Health is the feeling of connection and oneness. What a beautiful opportunity we have right now to build that as a society and as a planet. Health is living a life of joy and fulfillment and having a sense of overall well-being. How many people have we met who had a quote unquote diagnosis of a serious illness, but they live a life of joy and fulfillment and a sense of well being? So, where's the problem? You know, health is the ability to be fully present, to enjoy my life, and to live confidently be, without being constantly distracted by limitations or fear of future illness or injury. And health is the freedom to live my life to the fullest. So I hope that this has been a rich and um, helpful conversation for the audience to really sit with that understanding, to realize that what you really want are these things. Isn't it true? And so these things, whatever's going on out there, lockdown or whatever, you still have full access to these things because they're totally free and they're abundantly available and they're fully in your control, regardless of all those external circumstances. And to me, that is the very best news.
0: Those are absolutely amazing and you can feel free to mic drop and peace out if you wish, but um, that, yeah, those are, those were outstanding. And I definitely want to make sure that some of those I write and, and kind of promote those now because it's, it's super important for these times. So, Thank you so much for everything that you do for coming on the show. Um, you know, if you've got to go, I'll, I'll kind of chat to, with Bear for maybe one more question. But just where can people find more about you and and get a hold if they want to? I have Super Wellness is a fantastic book. You have an amazing podcast. You you you're looking at the the peak of what is possible in this world. And when you look at peak performance, human potential, you see all of these things, like health is the baseline. baseline. It's like, hey, I'm healthy, but how fast can I go? How strong can I get? And you and Bear are both amazing at this, studying those people who have done it and sharing the techniques. And a lot of time it turns out that the basic health is not that complicated. And then getting to that next level is not that complicated either. It just adds like a little bit more refinement, a little bit more effort. And it ultimately comes to your decision. So the first decision is get healthy, get vibrant, get happy, get joyous, then boom, what's the next one. And then it goes into those um, more refined and beautiful definitions of health. So really amazing stuff.
1: Mm. I'm so sorry I have to go you guys you know with all this changes going on I do have to go back to work to um, make sure my patients are getting the care they need and rescheduling everybody and so on so forgive me for having to leave a little bit early if you'd like to keep in touch my podcast the easiest way to get to it is just type the url the dr e show the D R E show and that will link you to all of the platforms like iTunes, YouTube, SoundCloud, Google Play, and all the show notes and links are all in that one place. If you're in the San Francisco Bay Area, my clinic is in San Francisco. I don't live in the city anymore, but um, the clinic is Dan Tian Wellness. And Dan Tian is a beautiful Chinese um, qigong term for the field of medicine that is within yourself. This idea that you can cultivate medicine, all the elixir is within you. If we just learn these tools or going deeply within and healing ourselves from inside out, the power is always within you. So my clinic is D-A-N-T-I-A-N wellness.com. You can look me up
0: there also. Amazing. Thank you so much. Well, we might do another one of these things soon. I invite people to check out your work. If you're afraid right now, make sure you get her book. You will be less afraid. It is good quality information on your own empowerment. So uh, thank you for everything that you do and we'll be in touch. Maybe we'll do another one soon, but I really appreciate you. Thank
1: you, Dr. Barilando. I have so much respect for you and I'm so happy that Matt connected us. I can't wait to learn tons more from you.
2: It's been delightful, and I uh, look forward to meeting again.
0: Thanks. Bye, everybody. Bye. Oh, That's amazing. Well, you know, Dr. Baer, you know, we've covered so many amazing things, and I think that you um, hit the nail on the head on, on the mortality thing. But first, do you want to respond to anything that she just said there? Because I feel like those definitions of health were just so spot on, and I'm going to go back and write out one of them in particular about just the vibrancy and the resiliency. And that, for me, it hit the nail on the head from my perspective of how I'm viewing this, right? I feel like I have that capability, that resiliency, and it's such an important mindset to have. And if you don't have it, it's going to be a lot more frightening, you know? 2012 and the computer shutdown, uh, the avian flu, the swine flu, your neighbor next door, you lose your job. Um, You you don't, you're not connected to your own empowerment to adapt to what happens. And we all have that, that power. And I think that's where it goes into the spiritual principle of God, spirit, universe, or nature looking out for us when we make that firm resolve and say, I'm going to take action and I can do this. And it really does start from there.
2: I love Dr. E, this analogy of uh, comparing the health industry to the business world. So, and you'd appreciate this, Matt, because uh, you're a master of manifestation. And um, imagine you start a business and you schedule your weekly board meeting. And the topic of every board meeting is how the hell are we going to not go broke? Um, <laughs> so <laughs> that's what we do in medicine. I mean, it's it's crazy. And we don't just sit back as doctors and say, what are we doing? I mean, this is ridiculous. Of course, it's uh, all fostered by a, a very materialistic slant of what we think of as um, science-based medicine, but it just defies all logic and it defies science at the same time. And it defies our experience as human beings. We know that when we focus on our goals in a positive way, you know, magic happens. And if we uh, sit around expecting the worst, then the worst usually does happen. So why do we do this in medicine? Uh, I have uh, a lot of ideas on why we do this and why us doctors are trained that way, but, uh, you know, maybe a discussion for a different time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we're going to do another show because um, the audience, if they're not familiar with your work, they should check you out. Um, your level of mastery is a whole nother thing. There are some things that, you know, many of us believe are, are behind the curtain a little bit. And we're going to discuss that um, and, and monitor the situation. And I just want to kind of bring home the fact of the mortality. That's what people are afraid of. They're afraid of their own death. And when I start coaching people or ask people, you know, are you, are you in control of your life? Are you happy with the way you're living? Are you excited about what you're contributing? And most people on the planet can say no. And so if they're looking at their death saying, oh, you know what? This is reminding me for a moment that I might die. How was my entire life? And 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 coming back to that understanding that we can influence our life to a great. and every single one of us has that ability and maybe it's not going to be easy and direct and have that quick fix that we all want like in health if you're overweight and you want to lose weight you can get liposuction but if you don't make any of those changes then what's going to happen is you're going to regain the weight and you're going to have the same result what we need to do is is, uh, re-engineer our inner world so that we're more resilient and we start to move in that positive direction or, or that meaningful direction as defined by us, cutting away what's not important, cutting away some of that more illusionary stuff and where we're putting our time, energy, and focus, that's not really feeding our soul because it's not what we came here to do because the truth is we don't know when our ticket is going to be punched. We don't know when we're gonna exit and we're the only ones who know if we're living life congruent with who we are and so many of us are not doing that and, and it's a little bit of a wake up call to say, oh, maybe I'm not doing that. And the nice news is the whole planet is getting that wake up call now. And so when the individual does take back their empowerment and what they want to do, it is always of benefit to other people no matter what it is your own mastery and your own skill is something that you can share and pass on to other people and when you come into your own mastery you're in a space in a position to help other people but it comes from that that state of wholeness that you can create and so if all of us begin to do this that's how we really transform and we start to talk about ideas like peace. Let's look at this world hunger issue. Why are people starving in mass numbers? Why are there still wars? You know, we can come together as a global humi- uh, community, a global humanity to start looking at these things and taking action, getting, limiting those distractions, letting go and, and cutting the fat of the things that are not important, that are distracting, that are not serving and say, you know what, let's put some effort here. This is important. This is more important. This is more meaningful. And I don't want to sit idly by anymore. Well said. <laughs> Do you want to add on to it? Or are you good? I was going to be silent. No, I, I don't think I could
2: improve on anything you just said. <laughs>
0: ah, Bear, you're such a sweetheart, you know, and like what you've achieved in your life, I, I am uh, grateful. You're, you're super brilliant. I wanted to read your whole uh, intro and I, I wish I would have done it better, but it was important because you've, you've done a lot, but you also embody it and you continuously learn and you're very humble and you're doing your best. And so i just uh i i appreciate you for being you and and all the work that you're doing um alpha vedic if people want to check you out and also you're doing a podcast now i'm sharing more information you know and and just getting the word out there on on everything that you do is super important so uh is there anything that you wish that i had asked or anything that you want to leave the listeners with
2: no, I, I, I think we pretty much covered it all. And it's just, it's such a wonderful conversation having Dr. Edith and yourself. And I just look forward to doing this more. And I, the real value is, um, you know, uh, through these podcasts and, and the independent media, you know, kindred spirits are finding each other just in the nick of time. I don't believe there's any coincidence that, uh, you know, you and I hooked up and, um, and uh, let's just have fun, you know. I'm entering my seventh decade of life here, and I have a special message for all of us geriatrics in the world. You know, this is uh, this is the best time of our lives, and you know, just uh, the final comments about what we're talking about on mortality. You know, the older you get, you shouldn't be dwelling on death or hoping that your 401k doesn't run out before you croak. You know, it's it's really about just. Uh, you know, using your experience and you know in in other cultures, elders were valued for their experience and you know now, because of uh you know um, you know just different trends uh old people are just uh, really not um, you know sharing their experience in their world and uh and also not enjoying their lives uh you know they 're not vital to you know, I, I spend uh, all of my business hours and working hours hanging out with people in your demographic because, uh, you know, it's really kind of depressing hanging around with people my old age because, I mean, not that they're not uh, uh, wonderful people. It's just that, you know, they've, they've kind of bought the narrative. So, uh, yeah, this, uh, let's turn all this around and, and you're just doing such a tremendous service to all of us. Thank you.
0: Uh, well, I, yeah, I appreciate all that. And I look forward, we'll, we'll get the comments. There's a lot of people watching, we'll post on YouTube. And, you know, if there's anybody that has uh, questions for Dr. Bear or myself or about this, you know, we'll, we'll do more because it's not going away. And, and hopefully the trend will, they say it's leveling off and all that kind of stuff. And, and we'll watch it and and we'll help and keep, you know, giving giving a perspective that can be useful and and take it one day at a time and, and see how we can be of service to other people as this goes on. And it's def I love the uh, she she shared like the retreat this you know one of my friends I was, I was getting a hold of to learn a little bit more about breath work, she said you know i 'll have more time now because the world is uh, uh, the world 's on pause or something like that. <laughs> I thought it was so so funny how she framed it, but it gives us a couple weeks to reflect to, to ask ourselves important questions, and we can use this time wisely and so Um, just thank you for coming on and everything that you do in the world. And uh, where can people find more about you if they want to look more uh, about your work, go a little bit deeper on some of the concepts you share?
2: Well, I guess on our website, uh, we're about to launch a new website. Our present website doesn't really come close to reflecting all that we do. We're more about, uh, you know, teaching soil science and permaculture. We have permaculture guilds here where we have um, you know, uh, weekly work parties where we gather on, uh, each other's farms and help each other just, you know, provide real elbow grease and, and, you know, it's just getting reconnected to the soil. Uh, my wife and myself teach for a, uh, Northern, uh, uh Northwestern University here, the biggest ag school in the country. Um, you know, and we teach their, uh, uh seed to supper program, you know, showing, um, low-income people how to create their own food banks by growing their own organic food. So we're going to have all that information of what we're actually up to. We have a co-op. Uh, we do have a um, on our website our products, uh, a lot of them that we make from the herbs that we grow here in our permaculture farm. We use Steiner uh, old-school biodynamic techniques. And we do that just because we want our products to embody the principles that we teach, but also... Uh, to provide a commercial arm so that we don't have to ask for government grants or, or big for donations, but we feel that we can provide a good service with a good quality products that you can't find elsewhere and, uh, you know, fund ourselves at the same time. Plus, it's fun. We, we really get a kick out of doing it. So our new website is uh, alphavedic.com, is uh, going to have all these podcasts, uh, all of our products, uh, you know, how you can become a member of the co-op, and also, we'll be having retreats here on site. We're already having them. We have, uh, you know, on-site clinics on how to grow medicinal mushrooms. And, you know, so we we have a lot of fun. And we're outside. We live in a beautiful place. So we invite anybody in our neck of the woods to uh, come visit us. You're welcome anytime. And online on our website, uh, we're no secret. You can find out where we live and where we work.
0: Amazing. Well, thank you so much again for everything that you do. It's a lot. You're an amazing teacher and I, I am grateful that I know you and in times like this have a person that I, I trust and um, is super knowledgeable to help me and advise me because if this were something that were super dangerous and, and I should be scared out of my wits. You would be a guy that would say the evidence shows that you should probably be scared out of your wits. And so, right. You're like the evidence shows that, you know, you'll probably be okay and you know, be mindful and and you do have the power to overcome what's happening and we'll take it a day at a time and we'll keep um, you know, we'll keep, keep observing it. So thank you so much for who you are and everything you do. And thank you guys for listening and, and uh, any questions we'll, we'll maybe do another one soon. Cool. Okay. I was waiting for you to say something. Awesome. Okay. I think you froze. All right. (laughs) See you guys. Thanks for watching. Peace. See you, Dr. Bear. Thank you.